outstanding person. <laughs> not an outstanding person. You are an outstanding person. Yeah, what are you outstanding? You are out of He's a bronze medal winner from the world. That's right. Oh, she shan't said. Stalking you. That's fine. You won't be the first. Hi, Simon Howes from Team One Form, brother Tifo C. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Velocino podcast, where the best stories have not yet been written. This week we are joined by team manager extraordinaire Simon Howes, manager of the Tifosi on form team, which I don't know about on form, mate, it's top form this season. You guys have absolutely smashed it, haven't you? Yeah, it's been a great, great year. It's year three, really. We started three years ago, but obviously year one this year for, for the Brother UK Tifosi team. But yeah, it's been a great season for us. When you say great season, need to put this in context. I think now Niels is one of your biggest fanboys. Can you remember the full list of things that they've won? Well, or some of them? To be fair, I'm not the biggest fanboy of Simon, but I'm <laughs> definitely a fanboy of his writers. <laughs> I mean, if you just look at the names, right? You have Bex Durrell, you have Anna Henderson, you have Lea Dixon. If you look at the National Quid Championships, clean sweep of the first four place for Team on Form. Tour Series winner? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we won the Tour Series as well, full team series and four rounds. So uh, yeah, it was a good season. And then also Anna was at the World Championships where they won the medal in the first ever mixed team time trial. Yeah, that's right. So she was part of the, uh, the three ladies and the three guys. The uh, guys went off first, did a lap. Girls then went out and did their lap. So yeah, won a bronze medal. So it's it's quite amazing, yeah. Out of all this list so far, what's been your kind of highlight? Yeah, it's a really challenging question <laughs> to answer because there's so, so many highlights. I, I guess, actually, we've achieved what we um, what we set out to achieve, really. An environment for the girls to, to race well and to get the results. Yeah, the results, Oshi, are the... Um, they arrived because of everything else that, that worked well. So, um, Niels mentions the crit champs. You know, to get first four in the national crit champs is pretty amazing. How they rode was amazing. It's not a team race, but yet they still help supported each other. So um, that, for me, is it's the um, camaraderie within the team. What astounds me, I know we were chatting before we started the podcast about the fact that, you know, often great teams take a long time to come together and to work together and to, you know, feel that, get that right vibe in the team and all that kind of stuff. You guys rock up, day one, win the first race, win the championship and all this other success. What have you done within the team to get that vibe, that good support going? It was obviously a great start and a great season and there's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. So yeah, we rock up at the first race and yeah, obviously the atmosphere and, and everything else is correct in the team. But your organisation, you, you know, your backroom staff, as in your mechanics, your swannies, your DSs, everybody's involved and has their part to play. Yeah, it's a lot of the work going on behind the scenes before day one that made that possible and, and why it worked so well. Most of it is volunteering you work, right? So yeah, exactly right. So everyone involved with the team is a volunteer. So, you know, I've been in the sport a long time. So um, I have a lot of contacts, a lot of friends, and I could say that... Um, I called in a lot of favours for, for the team. I probably owe all them back now, so um, <laughs> hopefully they won't be calling those favours in too soon. But but yeah, so it's a yeah voluntary support team that we have, but they're still, um, they might be volunteers, but they're still some of the best that, that are out there. You know, so um, the mechanic, for example, um, you know, your Swannies, they're all people that have worked with the team for a few years and worked with me for even longer. So. Well, I mean, like you said, the success doesn't come from just the... Uh Rock it up on day one and all that kind of stuff. And, and I guess for you as well. So you've been in cycling industry and cycling for, for many, many years. What was it that first got you into it? Yeah, yeah so it's, it's interesting actually because the World Championships had just happened. But the uh, first bike race I ever went to was in 1982, which was the World Championships down in uh, Goodwood on the South Coast. So um, yeah, it's a coincidence that 
you know, the Worlds are in England this year, last weekend, and yeah, the first race I went to was in Goodwood in 82, so um, that was my first um, real experience, and my father was a cyclist, or, or when was he was a younger man, and yeah, you know, 1982 was a long time ago, but yeah, I've still been involved, I've had a, a few breaks in between, but was a rider, then become a, uh, a not such a fast rider, then a faster rider again, and then, uh, yeah, then Noshi now following in the car, all shouting orders from the roadside, so... It's not yeah. that long ago because it just was just one year after my birthday, so it's not sure. that long. Sure, <laughs> that, that's great. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to beat that out. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great! So you, you got into it through seeing it and loving it. And what kind of races did you do? Was it uh, road riding or? What did yeah, you do? <coughs> I went straight into road riding. Actually, um, I had a BMX, and, and you know it was good fun. But my, my passion always has been uh, road riding. I literally from ten years onwards was started. I, the, um, I was a member of the Asbury Cycling Club, not far from here. Uh, I used to ride out, ride on the club runs, and I was doing 60, 70 mile rides at the age of 10, 11. So um, I have to be careful here. But um, in those days, you, you weren't allowed to have a British cycling racing license. So it was called British Cycling Federation then until you're twelve years old. So um, my parents did lie, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, but they did lie. So for, for two years, I was 12 years old and until I could then was officially legally race. Um, yeah, so I was racing for, 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 you know, from a very young age, which, you know, now is fairly standard. You see under sixes, under eights. But, um, but yeah, like I say, you know, you wasn't even allowed to race under 12. So, um, yeah, so, so there was a few non-trues on my d- date of birth for, for a year or two, so... So you're actually older than you are. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did you <laughs> Very true. Are you keeping that going. <laughs> no, I mean, it's now the opposite way. Yeah. So I keep taking years off. But uh. <laughs> oh, by the way, we just got. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Sound. We just oh, had Pete yeah. arrive into the studio. This I is absolutely like fantastic. I know what I'm doing every Friday evening from now on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Does this just magically appear? Like that, that's not for me. It's actually vegetarian. So it's vegetarian. Okay, I'll leave it over here. Because also we do our beer tasting today again, right? Oh, or yeah. What, what pizza testing and beer tasting. It's yeah, good. what beers have we got today? Oh, you are again with the Nanny State. Oh, uh, well, uh, for me, I'm, I'm looking at uh, my old favourite, Nanny State. It's uh, lost in the last round, but I'm hoping it will come back for a winner this week. We also have the Budweiser Prohibition r- Brew, alcohol-free. Gone with another old classic, which is the Bex Brew. Oh, I thought it was a Heineken. No, no. The bottle looks exactly the same. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, sorry for that. Actually, Actually the alcohol-free Budweiser is really good. Yes. So we will be drinking this, and we'll we'll put it to a vote at the end of the. Yeah, year. sure. I've started on the nanny state as well, so um, it's my first experience, and um, yeah, so far so, so good. Far. Yeah, you don't have to go any further, mate. This is definitely the best one. Um, <laughs> so you obviously got into racing from a, from a really young age, and I guess some things about racing has changed, some about cycling, and some things haven't. Are there still things from back then that you think that? I learned that from somebody, and I'm, I'm going to still try keeping that going. Or? Yeah, very much so. I mean, you never stop learning, do you? So, um, but but you know, your experience carries through, and and, and that what comes, you know, that comes through as, as a manager as well. That you know, we've I've had different managers over the years. Yeah, good points, bad points, and and you take the good points and you you add them to to your own um your own personal management yeah. skills, and and yeah, certainly. So, when you're a team manager, how much is it like organisation? How much is it is sort of like leadership? How much of it is kind of problem solving in emergency stuff or, or <laughs> yeah i mean that's a brilliant question because um you know uh, going back to something i've obviously previously said you know surround yourself with people who are good at what they do uh, my riders might say differently but i'd suggest i'm more the uh, the motivational manager you know and those around me help me with the organization and support um uh, you know and, and form filling and those things but yeah i'm certainly a hands-on manager team owner and um yeah very very um I, i'm very passionate you know, it's a word you might hear me say frequently during this interview. But, um, yeah, when, when I've got goosebumps, 
you run away quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you've, you've managed to make, you know, obviously attract a huge number of volunteers as well. That only comes from people getting sort of sucked into the magnetism of the passion and stuff. Yeah, very much so. You know, and uh, I read an interview from Bex actually recently um, from one of our sponsors, Brother UK. Um, they've done some really, really good interviews. And, um, you know, uh, Bex mentions during there that during the time before she joined the team, you know, what, what drew her into to running for the team and, and, and um, her, her, I think her comments were, her feedback was, it's my enthusiasm. So, um, yeah, my passion off she again, like I say. So, um, yeah, when, when I've got an idea or I want to do something, it has to be done properly or you walk away. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, so you have to be passionate and committed to what, what you want to do. So. We had an interview with Spencer Wilson recently who helped to design your kit and he said something really nice about you, which I, I really like because um, we asked, oh, when you help there on a voluntary basis, why? Why do you do that? And he said, like, well, um, I have two daughters. Like, I hope that at some point there will be a person like Simon helping them out when, when they want to do their sport. Yeah, right. certainly. I mean, I, I listened to the podcast. It was yeah. quite it was a, a lovely moment. And yeah, the goosebumps came up then as well, actually. But um, don't, I do have a daughter. She doesn't ride. And, you know, I don't have a family member racing the team, which often actually is the case when you do find team managers or team owners have put a team together. The um, the, the girls are just as important to me. Their results are just as important to me in their development. So, yeah, to, to help friends out, really, and that's what they become is, is a great feeling. <coughs> you were... <coughs> so all, all, all the frogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's that, that vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. How's that going? Everyone's allergic to vegetarian yeah. pizza. <laughs> uh, like nobody's touching it. Yeah. And now you can take it. Back. No, no, leave no, it, leave no, it, leave no, it. No, no, no. Do you want it? Do you want to try no, okay. no, I'll, I'll, I'll start soon. I'll, I'll help. I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a trooper. The thing is, it's food and it's in front of me. So yeah, I'm going to eat right, it. Yeah. If it just stays there long enough, doesn't matter yeah. what it is, I'll still eat it. Yeah, so it's one. So you used to race, and then what was it that got you into thinking about managing a team? Because I think managing teams, like you said, it's quite often it's like a, a parent or, you know, get sucked into a team or something. So what made you think about going from one to... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think back when that really happened and how that happened. I mean, as a rider, again, you know, going back to what we've spoken about already, the motivational yeah. side, as a rider, I'd, you know, I'd often be motivating teammates. So um, it was something I've always enjoyed doing. I had a career in... 20, 25 years in medical sales. So sales, as we know, is all about you know having that passion, having that drive and, and wanting to succeed. It was a natural progression, really, and sort of happened over a short period of time. I love going to races. You know, as a rider, I love going to races. I became a commissaire. I am a qualified commissaire. You know, when I stopped cycling, it was, well, you need to pay back, really, all the, all the grief you've given the current commissaires <laughs> that, that you've given grief to over the years. So, um, you know, I enjoy going to races. So actually, the management side was, um, yeah, it was quite, it sort of fell into it, really, all sort of, yeah drifted towards I did mechanicing for a while I'm an absolutely dreadful mechanic and those <laughs> listening to this will be laughing and not let's know tomorrow particularly those at mechanic for me I was I was a driver at the Commonwealth Games up in uh, Manchester as a neutral service so yes yeah, so I've done I did many things in between you know because my life's been cycling and my friends are cyclists you know so it's an, a, a world I know well and, and and actually proud to be part of as well actually so. yeah if people want to get involved with those sorts of things by the way is it just a case of Putting your hand up, getting involved, doing the courses. You know, like anything, really, it's about networking, getting to make, meet the right people. Uh, again, we, you know, we say about how we develop our riders. We also develop our staff, and that's how we do get the volunteers that we do because, you know, our mechanics has gone on to, to a world tour team. Our Swanee does um, national-level Swanee work now. So, so yes, yeah, so it's all about supporting, um, making the friends, meeting the right people. When I did some research on you... <laughs> Talking you. <laughs> That's fine. You won't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> so you progressed over like multiple teams. Like the, I think back then there was like a men's team that you were also team manager of. So my first real team manager role was uh, 2013. Uh, it was a pro men's team, IG Sigma Sport. They were UCI level registered. 
And um, yeah, so so I rode for Sigma Sport when they first started their their racing. Crikey, long before twenty thirteen, drifted away actually after a few years racing for them. But then having stayed in the sport, some of the riders were on that squad from twenty twelve. I knew well, and um, yeah, so I, so I came along, went to a few races, uh, and it grew from there. So. Are there any obvious differences? Very stupid question. Now, no, it's not. And actually, I was asked this question more quite recently about how I treat the riders differently. And um, I think we just agreed that it's the Simon way. Um, <laughs> what that is, I'm not sure whether that's a positive or a negative. But, but you know, they're, they're athletes. They're, they're, they're sports people. So it, it's all about wanting to succeed and do your best. So um, personally, I feel that, that I treat them the same. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I do treat them the same. So. Yeah. And what systems do you have in place for them? Do you have like a, um, say, like a routine in a week running up to an event, or do you have like in between races a certain things you want to do with, e- with with like your riders just to to kind of make sure that all the sort of bases are covered as you're working with them? Yeah, we we do. I mean, what we don't do, and actually some teams do, is they they make riders change their coaches. We allow riders to continue their coaches because, in my opinion, is if they've got to the level where I'm interested in their abilities, what they're capable of. Why change a Why change a good thing? You know, if if it's working, let, let's not change that. So I don't have any involvement with coaches. Our race program's done as early as possible. You try and give riders enough notice about what races they're doing, and obviously, again, it's you know communication. Communication is massive in in everything we do. I know, but and it's surprising how l- some teams have lack of communication. But you know, we'll, we'll find out what races they want to perform in, what they want to do well, why they want to do well in that race. So everybody and. You know, it's been mentioned again previously all through the season. Is 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 everybody gets their chance really, and that that's the so so important thing that every rider on our team and and it's shown because obviously different riders have won different races. So um, so it's, we we communicate a lot and, and talk to them really. So how does yeah. it work? Uh, because everybody's from different areas, right? Like Anna is from this area, like Bex is I think from up north. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's modern day technology, isn't it? Communication, uh, messenger, telephone, all the other things. So um, we have messenger groups and, and different groups for different races. So the joke is that during the season, that sometimes I'm in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different messenger groups. So it's trying to keep up with which platform we're using and, and which race we're actually talking about. But um, but yeah, so we ju- we do stay in touch. We, we there's a you know our calendars are on an app, so we use an app for for the calendar. So. Is, is is there a messenger group? Uh, all the ladies without Simon. Uh, there, there, there is. I oh, hear there is one. Yeah, yeah, there is. I'm sure there is. A, there's, a, there's no question about that. So, uh, yeah, and you know, so I don't need to know. Everything. And actually, the fact they communicate themselves is, is actually uh, again, it's a, it's a plus really because it means that you know th- th- they're actually taking um, taking control of what they want and how they want it to be done. Do you know what? I need to open another beer. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna. So I'm gonna. Um, feeling more comfortable now. Let <laughs> me just get some more. We need to make sure we don't spill the drinks on their new toy. Spo- it's supposed <laughs> to be actually pretty robust, but let's not put that to the test. No, pretty, it's colourful, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? It's like are they drum machines down the side? Oh no, wait for <laughs> <a> call. <laughs> <laughs> it's all pre-programmed. Yeah, all pre-programmed. Uh, My, uh, go on, press another. Oh yes. This is, this is the one. That, this is the one that Neil's yeah. permanently yeah, yeah, yeah. looped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's great you're building that team vibe and everybody's communicating with each other and those things i guess professional sport is also a, a little bit I don't know, you know you have transfer windows you have all these things it's not i don't suppose cutthroat is quite the right word but i guess you, you all this effort you're putting in how do you make sure there's a, like an element of loyalty coming back the other way yeah i mean it is cutthroat it's, it's a very is good it? word to use yeah it, you know you create the environment that people want to be in 
know, and if people wish to choose to move on, then that's their choice, really. You know, some people start to take it personally. I don't, because if you do, then again, it takes the enjoyment out of, out of what you're doing for them. That said, I've been very lucky that in three years, we've not had a rider leave unless they've um, gone on to a better team. The difference is obviously in cycling that there's no reward for it. You know, in football, if you lose a player to, to a premiership team or a large team, they have to pay you for that privilege. Here they um, say thank you very much and leave, and, you know, that that's the end. Um, that said, you know, riders who leave, I'm, I'm still very good friends with, and, and, and yeah, so it's cutthroat, but, but yeah, it's um, part of parcel of running a yeah. team. Because you must be, um, if I was a big team, I'd be looking at what you've put together in this last year and thinking, this man is the best talent scout I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's really... (laughs) They must be thinking, we need to line ourselves up with this. Yeah, I mean, it's a a lovely compliment to have. And I had a a chat this week with a a manager from from another team, actually, in the UK, who's developing, wanting to grow. And um, he, he said similar... And until he actually used those words, I was like, really? Uh, you know, I hadn't even <laughs> sort of considered that, really. Because for me, yeah, we're helping the riders develop, but it's still the riders who have to turn the pedals. And that's often how I look at it. it yeah, they're, 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 the, they're the ones who have to train hard, you know, work hard, go to bed early and all the other things. So it's still the riders who are, who are developing, really. So. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned you're developing your rider roster Ready for next year as well? Yeah, I mean, this year, everyone goes, oh, it's great, it's the end of the season, it must be some downtime. But as soon as, I, I actually dread the season finishing. We, we're going to races, winning races week in, week out. So, um, one, that was actually one reason you don't want it to end. But, but yeah, when the season ends, and actually even before the season ends, you're in communication with so many different partners, your sponsors, your, your, your you know, your bike partners, your your riders, race organisers. It's just very, very endless this time of year. So, um, and, and the fact, obviously, we've, you know, we've pretty much put out there already, but we've... Um, Applied for UCI status, uh, and that in itself is, is is a major major mission. So um, it's it not just a case of unfortunately send that letter off saying please can we be. There's a lot of paperwork and other things that go with that. So and that what what is sorry. that brings us a little bit further into um, our initial question. I think from our very first episode where we said we should have a women's pro team. Do you remember? And we yeah. said like <laughs> um, there's so many different sponsors like Park Hotel Falkenberg, and I think they have a pro license. Yeah. Um, what do we have to do to have women's team Velocino racing? Yeah, on UCI. Yeah, I'll send you the forms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm more than happily for you to uh, to fill them out. I guess you'll have some spare time soon when yeah. uh, during uh, paternity leave. But the um, <laughs> that's true. Um, well. But yes, yeah, so, so, so um, yeah, so, so you apply to your local federation. So we apply to the British Cycling, and then um, then there that you have to. But the forms are endless, and obviously money's involved. That's the uh, Actually, the biggest challenge is trying to get the funding available. So, how yeah. much do we need? Um, like the bottom level? You don't want to give us a, the. Exact yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's very okay. difficult to say. But I mean, a, a good example is so to be registered as a UCI team, you have to do a what's called a bond, um, and that bond really has to be either salary related or minimum twenty thousand euros. So, a um, minimum u- is twenty thousand euros. You have to supply um, health insurance, for example. So, you know that again costs depending on the amount of rides you have. You you're looking at quite a considerable amount for that. So. The, the um the, the, the it keeps increasing rapidly it's more so than you think it would. It's uh, a bit like uh, sports teams where they have you know they go up a level in terms of the league and suddenly they have to have a stadium. It's yes, like yeah, yeah, that's right. Rules and regulations, big yeah, investment, yeah. I guess, before you even get there. Yeah, but, but what can it give you once you've got the UCI? What what difference does it make for you in terms of? The other side, the races you can enter, the sponsors you can get. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, it's a status, I guess, but I've always never been status-driven. So, um, you know, so just have the the, um, the badge on your jersey doesn't really appeal to me or it doesn't excite me, but what does excite me is some races that we couldn't do. I mean, I guess that's the big point. So, you know, we were 
a pretty successful team in, in the UK and outside the UK as well in, in the bigger races. You know, Tour of Yorkshire, we had a jersey. Uh, in France, we've had some results. We had um, second overall and second on the podium, you know, in, out in Belgium as well. So, But what it can give is it means we can ride Tour of Britain amongst other events. But, uh, you know, it depends on how we succeed and how we grow. Then, you know, there's no reason why we can't look to, to compete in the Tour of Flanders or the Liège, Baston Liège, and those, you know, the best races in the world. So. That's really interesting. And... Um I assume you might stock up the team even more. Yeah, I mean the, the ride roster is pretty much complete. There's one or two riders we we're yet to fill, but but yeah, you, you still support those that support you, and again, that's important to me. Just because uh, you, you may have a nice shiny badge on your jersey, it doesn't mean changes. The principles still still the same within the team, and and the rider development still continues. We'll have a new rider roster in 2020, but um, yeah, it will be. I'm, I'm sure there'll be many names in there that that we've already seen within wearing our jerseys. So. Oh, that's really good. I mean, all the riders are considerably young. Actually, interestingly, we do have riders who are who aren't as young as as some. Everyone thinks of development of, of you have to be at a young age. You know, that's not quite the case. You can still be thirties, late twenties, whatever age it might be, and actually still be developing and still new to the sport. So we have a range actually, and, and, and again, it's part of you know almost going back to some of the other questions you've asked is how did we make it work, and that's how we made that work. You know, having a range of ages. So we have our young riders who are bubbly. You know, won't sit down with enthusiasm, enthusiasm, enthusiasm. But then the old riders who are calmer, you know, understand the, the, the race um, tactics better. So actually, we have quite a widespread of ages. And, and that's something that's actually we, we, we look to do. So Yeah, that's that's maybe what I wanted to to ask earlier. Because if you look at Annemiek van Vleuten, who just became world champion, she's 37. Correct. So yeah, yeah. 40s and you 30. So I think there's a lot of life. Yeah, in there it. certainly is. I, I guess actually a lot of it is not so much your age, your physical age. It's how long you've perhaps been in the sport and how motivated you are to continue in the sport. You know, if you've been a rider since you're 10 years old, to still be riding at 37, I should imagine, is quite a challenge. You might have started when you were 30, 31, 32. So, you know, it, I think it's often about, yeah, self-motivation, really, which, as we know, to be the best sports person is key, really. Yeah, I think Bex the Road started relatively late. Yeah, so Bex, Bex is now 30, 31. She, she's had three or four years within the sport, but, yeah, certainly not as a, as a teenager or, or under 20. Oh, it's, it's fantastic to see. Like, I mean, she was a shining star this year. So good. Yeah, she's terrific. And, and, and the thing with Bex, actually, is um, she's the most liked rider within a peloton. Her personality is fantastic. And that's something, again, we, we try and bring riders who are nice people. The word nice, not really sure what that, you know, that, that, that can mean <laughs> she many things. But but yeah, we do look to bring riders in that, that we want to be around because like I said, you know, racing's hard. You're travelling, you're away, you're sat in a car for hours, you're tired. It's very big brotherish. We'll see that if, if in, on Big Brother, if something doesn't quite work right, then it ends up in big fights and, and all the other things. Yes, yeah, so, so Bex has been brilliant. And they had a great season. So. Yeah. It's, it's so good to hear that this plays a role in this high-profile racing as well because we have Team Bilocino as a, as a cycling club and everybody can join. You just go online, you, you fill out the form, but the number one rule is don't be the person that nobody wants to be around with. So Yeah, I mean, it's hard to do because, you know, you, you, yeah. don't, you may speak to someone shortly on the telephone or have one ride with them. So it's difficult to do, but good judge of character, I guess. It's, it's, it's fantastic to see. Talking of members of your team, I guess another big part of a cycling team is the sponsor. I'm always amazed at the range of people that sponsor bike races because yep. you've got everyone from flooring plus you've got extractor fan people with Bora and people like that. Uh, I have to say, I've never been on a bike and thought to myself, do you know what? I really want to print something. I <laughs> guess, you, you, you know, you've yeah, got Yeah, it's very sponsor. true. And, uh, you know, sponsorship's an interesting one, isn't it? I've, th there's two reasons. One, it has to be, there has to be a value to it. There has to be a return. But also, just as important, is that there's often someone near the top, at the top, or who makes introductions, has a love for the sport. You know, and that's not cycling, that's any sport. Most sponsorship, yeah, yeah, obviously there is, there is the return and the promotion and the, 
the, the materials that they can use, but there's often you'll find, you know, like say in all sports, that's very, very similar. So, But so I think with sponsorship is sometimes also, me as a consumer, if I'm into cycling and I see brother is doing a lot of effort in there, and I'm in, in the process of buying something related to their business, I might decide for them because they have the same passion like me, right? Uh, you see it, you see it on social media, you know, I often see, um, you know, brother particularly are very active on social media, um, and you often see there, there'll be a cyclist post on there, a picture of the, um, uh, there's a new shop open recently um, in London, and um, they made contact with brother, and the, the printers within that shop are, are brother printers, so um, it does make a difference, certainly, and then obviously you can then also monitor your TV coverage and all the other things that you get from from doing, being on the podiums. Like you said, there's somebody passionate at the end of that sponsorship. Uh, so who are the people that are passionate at your big big sponsors? Then? Yeah, so so, one, so we have obviously a range of sponsors. Brother UK is one of the uh, main sponsors. Phil Jones is the managing director, heavily heavily involved with uh, within cycling. Not only sponsors us, he sponsors another women's team as well. Um, he's involved with a men's team, but even down to website advertising or work website um, support, should I say, and then, um, you know, timings at the Tour Series. So, so it's quite endless. We have Tifosi, which is our bike range. You know, that's been terrific because, it, you know, they're, they're a mid-range bike that price point. We've proven and shown that the, um, you know, we could use the hashtag race proven, I guess, but, the um, but you know, we've shown that you maybe don't need to spend thousands and thousands and thousands on a bike to win a bike race. We, we're lucky that, that it's sort of endless, really. Alley Clothing, for example, is an Italian brand. They've been very supportive. And Perkins Garage, they supply our vehicles through Subaru. So um, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. You mentioned Tifosi. I'm actually on the brink of buying a Tifosi Origa. Good. Well, yeah, we can through, the, through the team, of course, and the uh, promotion that the team have done. Obviously. Yes, no, honestly, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know about that. Yeah. I, to be honest, before I saw that... Uh, Timon Form was riding T4C bikes. I thought they were like a distributor for, for bike parts because I have a T4C seat post. Yeah, exactly right. So T4C is um, an own brand for a company called Chicken Cycle Kit. They're a distributor for, for many brands. In fact, all the brands that we use, they're very, very supportive of us. But, but yeah, T4C is our own brand. And T4C, the, the bike range, have been around about 15 years, I believe. I didn't know um, that. I only know it from... Uh, yeah, from certainly. So it's been around 15 years. So, so I mean, and that's a, you know that really does show that, 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 that we're raising a profile of the brand and... And that's, you know, we say about what do they get out of it. That's what the bike brand gets out of what we do and, and what the successes we have. So. Sorry, we have to go back a bit there. What did you say the name of the distributor was? Chicken? Chicken Cycle Kit. Chicken Cycle Kit. So they're 100 years old this year. Chicken comes from a, from a gentleman's name, the owner's name. So um, His surname it, is his surname's Chicken. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So the... Um, um, he's it's recently changed hands, in fact, but 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 the previous owner for for many many years was Cedric Chicken, and it was his father who actually started the business. I'll say hundred years ago. So um, Cedric Chicken. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So you see, you're, you're thinking of um, changing yours to it, are you? No, I'm d- I'm no. just thinking of Niels's up and coming. Uh, yes. baby, Cedric. Cedric. Oh, I thought chicken. <laughs> <laughs> What's chicken in German? Hun. Hun. Yes. Oh yeah. Perfect middle name. Yeah, yeah. chicken hun schnat. Do you know what I th- uh, Cedric Chicken? I I just love that name. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. That's good, yeah. They should have stuck that on the name of the bikes. Tifosi or Cedric Chicken? What do you buy? I ride a Cedric, I think. It's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want another drink? I'm all right at the minute, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you? I'm oh, drinking. Oh No, no, I've already tried this. I've, I've just been trying the uh, Budweiser. Um, I'm not going to give my uh, feedback into the end. Keep it secret. I go uh, with a Heineken. Oh, oh no, we've had a, we've had a late the, a They're late multiplying. Entry. So where's oh. that one from? In the fridge. Do you want it? We've had a late entrance. Niels is bringing it out big gun. Oh, he should have said I'd have been pra- been training for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all I'm, not, I'm, not a bit, I'm not a good loser, so um, <laughs> I will win this competition. It's all it's all alcohol free. So um, it if it, it if it goes th- all the way through, we we have a bucket. So <laughs> <laughs> this season has gone 
incredibly well. You did say earlier it's gone to plan. Did you plan for this much success? Yes. <laughs> I'm greedy, Good. I guess, yeah. is, is the right word to use. I never consider failure in any way. From the minute I started adding riders and the riders we had, I knew what we'd had. I knew we had something special. Yeah, Yosh, you have some slight nerves, and the first race of the season was one particularly, because, you know, the expectations were set, not amongst us, but also our competitors. Mm. You know, for, for, for weeks I've been getting, well, you're going to win, you're going to win, you're going to win, but... Of course, the riders still have to pedal hard and still have acted on the train and all the other things and, you know, been out on their bike in the rains. Expectations were high. We don't actually have expectations within the team, which is interesting. As long as the riders, well, the expectations are actually that the riders do their best. And if they've done their best, win or lose, I actually don't care either way. But what obviously I do care about is they've done their best. So um, we started off well, of course, in that first race and then, uh, yeah, continue. But, but yeah, it's um, wouldn't have expected anything less. Excellent. And therefore, what are your thoughts for... The season coming up, so you now got an idea of who's on your roster. You've got a sense of, you know, you know what your current team can do, and they're obviously providing the spine of the team for next year. So, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's that famous question, isn't it? Really, um, how do you how do you follow up that season? And uh, I, I've I've answered that before, and the, and, the, and the way I answer it, I guess, is it's not about following up what we did this year. It's about just creating new new uh, new challenges, new new results, and and again, progressing riders. You know, some of our riders have led the team. Um, I'm sure that that will come out in, in in social media very soon, but but you know we are helping riders go to to the highest level, and and if we do that again for one or two or, or none, you know whatever level it might be, we've achieved what we set out to do. So um, it's not about comparing year on year. You'll have good seasons, you'll have good weeks, you'll have bad weeks, and 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 that's what cycling. It's why cycling so horrendous but so enjoyable. You have far far more bad times than you do good times, but hey, those good times are pretty uh, pretty immense oh, and, and no feeling like it. So. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, I assume also like for the riders, it's always a constant battle between do I stay a bit longer with the team that I really enjoy riding with or do I try to progress myself a bit further riding with a stronger team or maybe going to, to mainland Europe and race with a completely different team and higher profile riders. I read a really interesting article about Tom Pitcock the other day where he said he just wants to enjoy being young before doing the big step to a pro team. Something you have to also consider, right? Yeah, I mean, I actually read that article. We had a Cycling Weekly, I believe yeah. it was. Um, I th- really interesting. A really, really interesting article in the yeah. sense of, you know, there, there wasn't a great detail, but as you say, the, the, the story was enjoy riding your bike. And um, I, I guess, it's like some of our riders, I guess, they're in fortunate situations where they know they're talented. They've won many, many races already. So yes, they can be a little bit patient, but it's actually difficult to be, be patient. When you have an opportunity, it's always very, very difficult to say no to it yeah you know and riders do want to progress of course they do and i might have said this already helping them progress on that pathway is is, is an achievement for us and something we shout about you know it's not something that, that we're embarrassed you know it's, it's a great thing that they can progress um all you hope is that they're progressing for the right reasons you know what what would pain me i guess is, is seeing a rider leave knowing with the knowledge i have of inside info i guess for want of a better description is knowing that they've gone for the wrong reasons maybe from false promises or um, yeah, or whatever it might be, but yeah, if they're progressing to a team that you know I'd want to ride for or want to be involved with, then you know, great, good luck to them. The lovely thing for you as well, listening to what you've created with that team and what motivates you and what seems to be the culture and ethos of the team, is that when I asked you about what can you do next season, it was like, well, we're not really focused on trying to follow last season. It's about what new things can we do. And the great thing is with this culture and this this approach. You're not planning for next season. You're planning for how you're going to build a dynasty, how you're building a legacy as a team. You're not worrying about just the next season. You're thinking far, far beyond that. Yeah, exactly right. Now, we've built this team to be uh, sustainable, which, you know, no team is sustainable without any money at all. But, you know, 
that that's the idea of, of what we have already. You know, we talk about brother Tifosi, but you know, we obviously have to think back to the two years previously. So that was a team on the form, which still exists now and still runs and is building. Um, you know, a huge, incredible talent pool. We have our riders, female girl riders on our junior team, for example, who are, I don't doubt will be in the Olympics in, in future years. So um, you know, they're national champions, they're European champions. So yeah, so so we are building a legacy and a pathway for those riders to either go on to greater things like we mentioned or follow the um you know don form into the into the elite women's team so um yeah it's it's great to be able to see it's a fantastic that. point that you just mentioned i remember when you launched team on form i was there actually to take photos for you yep um and i really enjoyed this i enjoyed the whole atmosphere and it's absolutely fantastic what you built there um it's not just uh, riding bikes it's also like um supporting these riders in in other ways as an example you were teaming up with uh, Rittle university yeah that's right so ritual university one of our sponsors one of our partners and again they would you know that they've been involved with the team since day one very very important connection very um they have a, a cycling degree and that was the original partnership and the original connection so you know riders who sign up for the uh, cycling degree can be part of our setup um it, it, it works really really well people believe we're an elitist team we're not elitist in any way you know yes it's by invite our team but actually, um, we have a whole range of capabilities, really, and abilities. And, and that goes back to when we say we develop riders. We don't just develop the best. We develop riders to maybe who's gone from a third cat to a second cat. You know, there's a whole range of, of different reasons why where you can develop from starting points. Yeah, it's, really, it's really good to see. And also, like, I was trying to um, get a list together for, for this interview with all, all your riders from Team on Form and Brother yeah. Team Forsy to go through results. And, you know, I, almost, I, I stopped at the juniors because there's so much yeah, already. Yeah, that's right. You know, you say, uh, you say about the juniors, but yes, I think within the juniors, we've got world's medals, European champions, multiple national champions. It, it's just crazy. And you tr and I try and add them up. And um, yeah, it, it can take some adding up. So um, through, as you say, through, through every age and through every group, really. Sometimes I see certain people racing for British cycling on, on the track and then every now and then for a team on the road. How does that work? A lot of it depends on the Olympic cycle. You know, if, if you're year one of the Olympic cycle and it's three years, four years to go to the actual event, then the riders will go to the road, build up their strength, build up their, um, you know, their, their, their uh, maturity, I guess. And then as the, um, the, uh, the Olympics get nearer, then that becomes less and less and less to the point where I'm, they do no road riding at all because of a safety and, and, and they're on the track every day. So um, you can you can mix and mix them both, but there comes a point where no road riding is um, is really on their program. So okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And with your um, team rosters, as people are coming in and out, do you have like a a um, like a, a sponsor roster in and out? Do you have to manage? A finding new sponsors and putting them in and out the same way that you have to with the riders yeah very much so and you know it's as important because without the sponsors the team doesn't exist so um you know the the, the sponsor roster is probably more important than the the rider roster um obviously they go hand in hand because you know without the riders you're not getting the publicity but but yeah right um you know sponsor roster is endless really it's just forever ever again we, we I say we're in year three now coming into year four next year we've been really really lucky um from day one we had support and and from day one the sponsors that have been involved throughout those three seasons up till now have stayed with us every year. So um, uh, year one, we had Rittle University College still with us, still on our jerseys. Um, Perkins Garage, that's there from year one, still on our jerseys. And then we've added sponsors to it. So, for example, LA Clothing produced our kit. Um, Brother UK that we've mentioned is a, is a very good sponsor in terms of financially. 
um, Tifosi bikes, Campagnolo, Mish wheels, even down to things like tyres and saddles and everything that we have is, is all partners. Um, Limar helmets, for example. So um, I probably missed some out, but it's you know the, the, the sort of the list goes on and on and on. But it shows that you're, you're giving something back to the sponsors as well, if they're sticking with you as well. So they're seeing something from it. Yeah, right? very much so. Like I say, it's um, yeah, the, the sponsors have been terrific, and, and and it's great that sponsors do come and go often. And actually, you know, I, I, results again. We talk about results and how amazing they are. But for me, I guess the the the, um, the pleasure is, is seeing sponsors stay within the sport as well. And you know, not just stand with us, but stand within the sport, and then actually look into other teams to support them because they, they've got positive apps supporting us so um yeah you know so in some ways what we're doing is also helping other teams you know grow and, and develop as well so well look you've had you got into this cycling racing from about the age of 10 pretending to be 12 <laughs> neil still is 12 yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's no acting. Exactly. i mean you've you've spent this 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 time where you've you know, you've ridden in the sport and you've raced in the sport and you've really given back to it. Um, and then you've moved into this management role, which you seem to have developed and built this tremendous expertise, which is now being recognised by other people. And you're getting these results now. That stuff, kind of stuff doesn't just, you don't fall just fall into these things. It doesn't happen by accident. I always think there must be, uh, are the people in, in what you've, you've done that you've looked up to that you think that, that you wish, you know, that have, formed you into the team manager you are today yeah just as a person as well you know you look at your family don't you and, you, and all those members as well first of all because um you know we, we go back to passion and you know there's no question my dad has the same passion and drive that i have um my mum has a calmness so you, i guess you look at your parents and, and how they evolve you um having been in the sport so long you know that the names are endless really of who have helped um you go back to a guy called John Barkley. Um, so I guess, you know, I'm doing my 15, 16. He's a name that possibly no one knows unless you're involved heavily with cycling. But there's probably not a rider in the UK. Geraint Thomas, Mark Cavendish, Bradley Wiggins, all of those went with John Barkley to Belgium. That was my first experience of European racing. And, you know, I'm still doing it now, taking my rides away. So, so John's a, you know, it, it's endless the amount of riders he supported over the years. So um, you then look at a guy called Ian Goodger, who sadly is no longer with us. He was my team manager. Um, would probably be involved with the team now, to be honest, if he was still with us. But, um, you know, he taught me that how important organisation is. Um, I rode for him. So, um, yeah, you know, he's ter- you know tremendously organised. So um, that, that, that makes a big difference. And you make sure, as a rider, realise um, um, yeah, how important being organised is. And um, Yeah, to, you know, to even... You learn from riders still. You know, it's just everybody. You know, I'm... I'm my riders might be 20 or 30, whatever age they might be, but I, was, I can still learn from them as well. I learned from my 10-year-old daughter. She tells me everything I know. So um, <laughs> she's, the one who t- she's, the one, she's the one who tells me what to do. So. <laughs> well, I have to say, this episode has been an absolute pleasure to have you in, Simon. Simon, we've learned so much about professional cycling. Uh, right at the beginning of our journey in podcasting, we said we'd love to interview a team manager of uh, an FPL team. We've got to do it, and it's, you've certainly not let us down, mate. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for all your time. Brilliant. No, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, here's to a great 2020. Cheers. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Hang on. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Excellent. Well, the only downside is now that I'm I think yet. we have... Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think the only downside is that it might take a bit of time until we have our pro, pro women's team. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, we might be able to be a sponsor or something. I think, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sponsor the socks. If we'll we, sponsor if the socks. There's a sock sponsor. <laughs> or uh, maybe maybe ch- sponsor one of the chain links. It's probably as, <laughs> it's probably as close. Or as our podcasts. Oh, oh yeah. Just imagine. 
Yeah, yeah. We could we could do you a podcast every live day. podcast That's from the race. Villochino on form. Boom. Yeah, that costs, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about that. Final thing that we do need to do is the usual taste test and to see which of the beers that we tried this evening has won. Uh, Simon, you're the guest. What, what's your, been your favourite of what we've had? My favourite's been the Heineken. The really Heineken. did like the Heineken. Slightly more chilled than the Brewdog, though. Brewdog? Yeah, Brewdog. Yeah. So um, that, that might be it. It's like a beer chilled, but it's a very nice fruity taste. And um, we'll be looking through the fridge shortly for some more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably more. Um, actually, I go with the Budweiser this time. Uh, I'm yeah. Usually, when I was still drinking alcohol, I didn't like Budweiser, but this one is actually really refreshing. Yeah, Good. I mean... I have to say, I, I quite like the Budweiser. If you like Budweiser, I think this is probably the beer I've tasted where it's most it's alcohol free, but most closely matched to the to the original. As for me, I think I'm I'm going <laughs> to stick with my nanny steak because oh, I again I know I'm just rubbish like that. I'm still yeah. Although I did have a bit burger the other night. I'll bring that one in. That that was quite. Okay, can't wait for that. Is that it's German? Mm. Most probably. Yeah. Everything good comes true, from true, true, true. <laughs> Everything good comes from Germany, yeah. Okay, Simon, so if people want to get more informed what Brother Tifosi team on form is all about, how can they find out more? Yeah, I mean, social media is probably the most easiest, simplest way to go. We, we have a Twitter page, a Facebook page, and an Instagram page. Um, if you search Team on Form, I'm sure you'll come across our pages. Um, team on Form pretty much is, is across all platforms. And yeah, and if you want to actually contact us, feel free to send a message through one of those platforms and um, you'll get an answer, I'm sure. And for anybody out there who's not attended a cycle race, I would suggest that find one that Team One Form are in, get yourselves along, uh, have a look, and go over and say hello to the riders because uh, you know give them some of your support. And ah, oh, by the way, if you want to send a message to us, send a, uh, an email to podcast at velocino.com or follow us on Twitter on velocino pdcst, or just the easiest way I think is Instagram just velocino. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Normally we would say that we're off to go and ride our bikes because the best stories have not yet been ridden. But the truth is, we're off to the pub. So, this time, perhaps, Bellagino, the best stories have not yet been... Drunk. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. It's been thank a great you. evening. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, Simon. Take thank care. Thank you.